think about it like if your boss came to you and said i'm going to give you 52 days out of the year you have to take the full day off and and it's just for rest and enjoyment and delight i mean who wouldn't get excited about that what's up everybody josh aaron's here with the israel collective and today we're hanging out with our friend john brown we're talking about the power of foundational routines to transform your life john is a great example of what it is to be a leader a husband a dad and most importantly a follower of jesus we talk about celebrating the sabbath with our jewish friends in israel and how john took that experience back home to his family and how the weekly routine of sabbath has profoundly impacted him and his family when we think about what can be gained from experience and relationship with the nation of Israel today, this is what we're talking about. There's so much for Christians to learn about our faith, our God, our Bible, from not only visiting Israel, but interacting with those who are still practicing the traditions we share. And one of the most exciting connection points between Christian and Jewish communities is the Sabbath. Welcoming the Sabbath at the Western Wall in Jerusalem with an Israeli family is truly a life-changing experience, as you're about to hear. So let's hear more about it and John's wisdom on how to navigate our times. Check it out. Well, John, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. Excited to be Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. So good to have you on, man. I just remember our trip to Israel. It was just one of the great trips and i just feel like you know we we really connected on that trip and your your heart for young people for your family for god um and just the way you responded to everything you saw on that trip was just so incredible so i'm really excited to have you on to talk about israel talk about life all that good stuff excited to be on i think the words you you said when we went on that trip with with uh with you was we were your favorite group of all time i think is the direct quote wasn't that something like that I'm pretty sure I, I made you guys sign a non-disclosure on that one, but we can, <laughs> we can edit that out if we need to. Oh, but. my bad, my bad. <laughs> it was it was just an amazing trip, just an amazing it was. time to, it was. to bond and share and have time with God and um, all that great stuff. So we were talking before I pressed record, you said so many good things. We were just talking about life and, and 2020 and, and challenges. And um, I've been kind of watching your Facebook feed and, and seeing what you're up to. And I got to tell you, you are definitely somebody that I look to as an example of what it is to be a Christian man, uh, a Christian husband, a leader in your community of young people, of all that stuff. And so I'm always curious, you know, how does somebody do that? Because it's, it's not easy. Um, so, so give me a little insight on what does your day look like and, and how, do you, uh, how do you gear up for everything ahead? Yeah, man, I, I, that's such a great question. And I think that answer um, has changed so much through the years, right? Like, I think early on, um, I would have told you about all the things that I do in ministry, or I do to pour into people and be a blessing for them. But I, I have learned just as you have, you were sharing the same, that in order for me to show up my best for the people that God's called me to lead, it starts with my foundation. We all know that, but if I'm going to be in ministry and in the business of loving people for the long haul, I have to have the right habits. And as we were talking early morning, success rituals and routines built into my life, or I'm going to burn out. We are celebrating 19 years here, Josh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin at Journey Church. 
uh, this next, in a couple days, 19 years. Wow. And I'm a pedal to the metal kind of guy, A type personality. I'm a D and I on the disc. I'm a three on the Enneagram. I like, I love to work hard. I've been accused by my wife of being a workaholic early in ministry, you know, and, and had to work through some of that. So I like all of that stuff and I like people, but if I am going to be able to, to be in ministry and loving on people and church business is hard business. If I'm going to do that for the long haul, like, you know, I think about the, the tortoise and the hare, right? Like if I'm going to actually make it to the finish line and not be burnt out and, and kill myself in, in, in the sake of trying to help others that I just burn myself into the ground, uh, then I have to make sure those habits are in place. So I really believe big time in the daily disciplines and, and, and some of the things we talked about, it's the, the early morning success rituals, the, the silence and solitude, uh, meditation, prayer, uh, affir- my, my daily affirmations that I speak over myself, who I want to be and how I want to show up, visualizing that, the exercise routines that I have in my life daily, even, even at a minimal level, and uh, reading, reading 10 pages a day, every single day. Uh, something that's going to help me grow as a leader and as a follower of Christ. And then um, journaling, scribing, um, writing down things that I'm grateful for and how I want to show up that next day. So all of those pieces are so key foundationally. If I can get my early morning success ritual right, then when when it comes like we're at a couple of days ago, we had a stressful morning. I know nobody else's family has that, but I have three girls and they're kind of getting on each other. And if I do my morning ritual, right. And I've spent time with Jesus and reading the word and, and silence and prayer and humbling myself, then I show up better for my girls. Right. I just show up better. So I'm not now frantic with them. I'm able to peacefully talk them through whatever it is that they're facing um, and then on the days when I don't, it definitely shows up there too. So I just know I want to show up the best version of me that I possibly can as a dad, as a husband, and, and with the leadership team that God's called me to lead here at Journey across all of our campuses. And I show up better when I get those things right. And so I can't not do those things. Otherwise, I just don't like the version of me that I'm showing up um, to be so yeah that's that's so huge and it was really cool to hear some of your rituals and what what you're reading as well i've become borderline obsessed with morning routines and it's you nailed it i'm i just i like who i am more when i do that morning routine if i don't do it i'm like what this is like this is like 2018 josh i didn't know this person existed anymore but yeah. you know it's, it's always um right there like some people say it's, it's like brushing your teeth you have to do it several times mm-hmm. a day or you will go back to the default you know worst version of yourself and mm-hmm. uh it's it's fascinating how it, it really is like working out and it's the more the those those little things that you do every day consistently they add up and you get stronger and stronger and yeah. able to so do more good. for your your family your community people who are depending on you all that good stuff so um I want to talk a little bit more about our time in Israel. Um, uh, was there was there a moment or maybe a series of moments in Israel that that changed your life that affected how you do ministry? Um, was there um, just one highlight or what stuck out to you? Oh, I, I, there's too many to count. 
Um, I mean, meeting you and, and your heart for getting leaders and, uh, and really young leaders and influencers to Israel to see and experience that. And, and really um, the camaraderie of that, oh my goodness. The people that we got to be there with, it was so special. Um, the synergy of that group and the humility of that group and the way that it, we just cheered each other on and, and the community that happened so quickly in Israel. For sure, the people for me was a highlight that we got to do it with. It just enriched every experience. So now you add that, right? That community piece, that synergy piece, that the relational piece onto an experience like the Garden of Gethsemane. I've been to the Garden of Gethsemane before, but I didn't have the same experience in the garden that I did the first time. I'm sitting there, you know, tears streaming down my face as I'm listening to one of the guys process what God's speaking to them. And I'm receiving almost all the same things um, that they're describing. Uh, it was Chandler, Chandler Boyce. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> like, I felt like I was experiencing it just like he had very real, very vivid. Right. And I had my own moment after that with, with God and I just leaning into the things that God was speaking to him. So I, 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 every experience that was powerful there had community and, and relationships connected to it. When we were, um, when we were at where the garden tomb was right. And, you know, having one of the guys, Gerald, process forgiveness right he would take communion together and he processes uh the things that you know for some forgiveness in the moments that he has to have and what god was speaking to him and we're all crying now right that, that was so vivid i mean i'll never forget that it was powerful and it and it, it just every one of those memories is co connected and tied back to the people that we get to experience it with but one of the moments i think my favorite and i have like 50 favorites. Um, and I appreciate that. Appreciate you uh, helping facilitate that, but was definitely the Shabbat dinner with the family. And again, having Simon process what God was speaking to him and, and his moment with the family and saying he was sorry. And, and if you, you weren't there, I, I don't want to go into whole memory, but again, it was just tied to people and the relationships. And again, <laughs> all those memories I'm crying we see a theme here right just the emotions of experiencing God in a place like that in a very real and tangible way but the power of doing that meal and the I, I for me it was that moment that Simon had of asking for forgiveness and apologizing and then um the moment where the father spoke the blessing over his wife and his kids I didn't even realize how much that had marked me until I came home. And it didn't change my habits right away, but Josh, the Shabbat dinner, that Sabbathing has become a part of our family routine and rhythm. It goes back to those foundational rhythms and routines that is, is now a part of our life. And speaking the blessing over my wife and my girls is my favorite part of that. Yes, the rest, um, but all of it, the dinner. And we, we're we now at the point where we wanna start inviting other families in to experience that. So those are those are some highlight moments for me, for sure. Wow, that is, that is amazing. Yeah, 
and I can attest to the power of the Sabbath. It's amazing how much more you get done during the week when you take that full day to do nothing. You actually get more done on the other six days. Absolutely. Um, the power of the power of blessing your children, just the spoken word over your children. I mean, that's life changing, life defining. Um, just just amazing, amazing stuff. Would you have what was that experience like when when you and your family first started doing it? And would you have advice for people who want to incorporate um, you know, a full Sabbath into their life or just the idea of rest and of Sabbath? Yeah. It was messy at first because my family hadn't been there in Israel with me. Now, I will say, thanks to you, and we process this in Israel, my family will be going back with me. My wife and I are committed to saving the money in order to get all three of our girls there together. We think that that's an important part of their faith journey is sometime before they graduate college that we all go as a family. So um, we got to save for weddings. We got to save for uh their college we got to save for israel come on so uh i just recommend that but we it, you know it was messy because i had to take my wife on a journey you know what does this look like um her <laughs> her first immediate response was well when what when are you going to get my honey do list done right like she's thinking like that my day off is friday and so, and, and, and I also have Saturday off. It was like, those are the days that you plug through the to-do list, all, all the items around the house or the errands you got to run or the things you got to pick up. And so, I mean, we had to work through that. You know, I, I don't want her to go, well, we're just ditching the list. I still have to show up as a husband um, and we still have to get responsibilities done. And my girl's first reaction, you know, I'm just, this is just the real raw version, right? They're like, wait, we got to give up our iPads. We got to give up, we can't watch a movie on our, like what, you know? So we had to process that as a family. What are the benefits? And uh, my wife and I read through a couple of uh, books together, excerpts from books on Sabbathing and what it looks like with a, with a modern day family that has a busy schedule and volleyball and sports and how do we do this? And so it was a journey. It didn't happen all right away. And I, and I wanna just say to all of you who are interested in maybe beginning to implement some of that to go, it's messy and it takes some wrestling and some trying and experimenting for sure. In our modern day Americanized culture, everything flies in the face of doing this. So it won't, I mean, props to you if it's easy when you first try it, but that, that was not our story. Uh, and it still is messy because guess what? our life goes in seasons. My daughter's, uh, my, my middle daughter and my oldest daughter are about to start club volleyball. And Saturdays is the day that their schedule is um, for volleyball. So we have to adjust our Sabbath to fit around that. So you can get a rhythm going and then all of a sudden, you know, you have to find a new rhythm. So we're just so committed to it that we're gonna figure it out. Um, this weekend is one of those times where we have to figure it out and we might have to do an abbreviated Sabbath for eight hours instead of 24 hours or whatever, but we know the benefits far outweigh the sacrifice. So we hustle and we get all of our stuff done in one day. And then we are free to enjoy a full 24 hours Friday night. Typically at five o'clock, we start with a celebration dinner. And that's where we go into a time of worship um, after that. And then uh, a time of prayer blessing over the girls. And they've started praying a blessing back on me which is super special, not gonna lie. I mean, again, back to our theme, I definitely have shed some tears over those moments. Um, and then 
One of their favorite things to do as part of Sabbath is go for a Jeep ride with the top off and we just go under the stars and play some worship music. And so that's how we kind of close out our first night of Sabbath. And then it's a whole lot of games and together time and bike rides and just outside or just fun stuff that we don't normally do. We'll do bonfires, right? We'll do stuff that like we wouldn't normally do because we might normally do a movie night, but we always end Josh with a movie night. Um, we'll do pizza and a movie night or you know, uh, just a, a big old cookie with ice cream on top to celebrate. It's one of the ways that I've kind of bribed my girls into loving Sabbath. <laughs> so it's like, we're gonna celebrate and party big. Feasting is a big part of the, the biblical narrative as well. So fasting, feasting, Sabbathing, all of that. So that's a big part of what we do. We don't, we don't eat like that typically. So that's why it's such a treat for the girls. And so, um, and they love movies. So these are things that we do to make it fun and special and a part of our rhythms. And they definitely see the benefits. We all show up better when we put our devices aside. And so that, that's, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, that's probably the hardest thing. My wife and I have to steal each other's devices sometimes because there's life and things that happen, but that we're committed to it. And again, when we're Sabbathing, think about it like, um, if your boss came to you and said, I'm going to give you 52 days out of the year, you have to take the full day off and, and it's just for rest and enjoyment and delight. I mean, who wouldn't get excited about that? And that's the gift that God is giving us. He's giving us a day to just reset. And I will tell you, if you would lean into this gift that God has given 52 weeks out of the year, you're not going to look forward to vacations the same. I'll, I'll always look forward to vacations, but it's not going to be the rest for my soul that I was longing for. I, I'm getting the rest for my soul 52 weeks out of the year. So now I can just go and enjoy the vacation and not feel like I need a vacation from the vacation when I get back. Because um, I'm trying to cram everything into one little week and feeling like I didn't get it all in. So I... It's changed everything for us. It's been the greatest gift of 2020. So while a lot of people go 2020 has been a doozy, I'm going 2020 has been the best, most amazing gift I could have ever asked for. Not because it's been easy, because I'm learning how to rest in Shabbat. I'm learning how to Sabbath. I'm learning how to find new rhythms and routines. Mm, that's so good. And even just having the habit of saying, I'm going to rest and everything that's happening around me is just going to, is going to happen and it'll be there in 24 hours and I'm going to show up better to, to deal with um, however that is. And it reminds me of, we, we were talking about um, how when you have those regular routines, there's ups in life, there's downs in life, there's things that come. And when you have those regular routines, especially Sabbath and rest, um, you're, the tank is full when you need to spend some of that fuel on dealing with whatever comes. And I think mm -hmm. um, that's definitely been a theme of, of 2020 is meeting these challenges head on. And, and like you said, I mean, you guys have, you've made the best of these challenges. And, and I love how when you, when you do this Sabbath, it's, it's fun. It's a celebration. There's, I mean, that's, I, I want a Sabbath with a, you know, a Jeep ride and a pizza and a movie night. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> awesome. And I love that we, we live in this, this time of freedom where we can, we can have fun with it and we can, we can tailor it to our needs, our family's needs, um, and incorporate all the, all the good gifts that God has given us in, in this, in this, this gift of Sabbath that he's, he's given us. And I love that that's on the 10 commandments, right? Right next to mm -hmm. don't steal, don't murder. 
um, God says, take 24 hours a week and remember me and be with your family and unplug. Um, it must be important. If it's in the top 10, it has to be important, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I love how John Mark Comer says it. Mm. He, he reminds us that that was one of those gifts coming out of being a slave in Egypt, right? When they were slaves, they didn't have the option of resting because slaves work 24 seven, seven days a week. And the Israel, the people of Israel now being free are struggling with Sabbathing because they're so used to this. They still have that slave mentality. And, and he says, you know what? That slave mentality is still alive and well today. We don't know how to rest. We are a slave to our phones. We're a slave to our work. We're a slave to our to-do lists. We're a slave to productivity. We're a slave to American culture that says we, we are, our identity comes from what we do. And we don't have to be slaves anymore. Uh, that rest is a reminder to rebel against slavery. Sabbathing is a reminder that, that uh, we can set those things aside. And it's a lot like tithing too, right? God can do more, you said it earlier, with your six days than you can do with your seven. Same, same concept of tithing. God can do more with our 90% than we can do with our 100%. And so it really is a gift. And I would say it's a gift worth diving into and practicing. And again, don't be afraid to get messy try some things, experiment. It's a practice and, uh, and it's, it comes with seasons too. You got ebbs and flows where you have to refigure it out and, and different rhythms for your family, different ages of kids. If some of you have kids that are listening to this, or, you know, maybe you're single and you're like, how do I Sabbath <laughs> as a person that doesn't have anyone in my life? There's some great uh, people out there like Annie Downs who talk about Sabbathing as a single person and how to make that rhythm fit for you. So check out her podcast if you're interested in that so oh yeah we love we love Annie down she's been to israel with us twice and yeah her podcast is definitely on my my top top of my list yeah and, and you have a podcast as well maybe tell us a little bit about that well it's a podcast that is uh starting before the year ends so we haven't had our first episode we're going to record a whole season's worth of episodes uh, before the year ends. It's just something that's been on my list of things to do, and I'm moving it from a dream to reality. It's not one day, it's today. And uh, it, it's really something that's been on my heart for young leaders. So that's really the heartbeat behind it, bringing great leaders um, to the forefront, connections that God's given me, um, and having conversations with them that hopefully benefit all of us, no matter where we're at in our leadership. So yeah, I'm looking forward for that to come and and obviously just taking the first step. I don't even have all the details figured out. I'm just taking the first step and reaching out to people that I benefited from, like David Nurse, who you just had on. I uh, would love to have him from his book, Pivot and Go, um, on and just a bunch of others where they added value to my life. And I'm like, man, I want to share this with the world. So just like you're doing with this podcast. Man, that's exciting. Well, let me know when the when the first episode comes out or the, the season, and we'll we'll share it on all our platforms. It sounds great, and I, I actually appreciate it. yeah, I I love David. I had to text him the other day because I'm only on step two of his sort of life overhaul plan. You know, finding your purpose, making it happen, bringing clarity, and all that. And the question he asked in chapter two, 
was so good that I couldn't go on to chapter three until I had that question fully answered. So I texted him. I said, you totally screwed up my life <laughs> because now I have to, I have to completely rethink this because I can't answer your question. And I'm so glad he asked it. So it's been like so three good. weeks of prayer and reflection later. And, uh, uh, I'm getting there. So I can text him now and say, okay, I'm back on track. I'll see if I can get through at least chapter three, but <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That really is a great book. And even just the way you're talking about your podcast, I mean, that just sounds like the way someone talks when they start their day, right. They're praying, they're saying, God, what, what is like the exact move I need to make? Sometimes that one move is worth like a year or two of, of, um, you know, mediocre moves. You just do that mm -hmm. one thing that lets so much information and, and, um, good stuff out into the world. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I know I'm going to benefit. Um, I could always learn definitely more on, on leadership and, and talking to young Christians and young people and so yeah. on. Um, appreciate so I'm it, man. Gift for that man. So, um, speaking of young people, what, what do you see young people struggling with now and what, what advice would you would you have for them as we kind of finish out 2020 and move into 2021 what would you say yeah that's such a great question and such a loaded question um but you know we've all seen the statistics uh the number that 2020 has done on a generation right um that we're more anxious we're more depressed we're more addicted to whatever it is i don't think that those are new problems josh I think honestly 2020 just exposed what's already there. It's like taking a magnifying glass and blowing it up. Like, oh, now we see the problem up close. It was always there. It just was underneath the surface. So those things were already there. So I, I go back to what we talked about earlier. What is the solution? It, the solution is in, in us having better rhythms in our life. And some people leaned into 2020 and as a result, they found the gift in, in the midst of the pile of rubble, right? There's always that. The scripture talks about that, that on the other side of hard times and trouble, there can actually be gifts like perseverance and grit and push through and patience. All these things can be grown inside of us. That's obviously John's version of the, the Bible, but Paul talks about that when when uh, hard times come, that there's these gifts that we can find and so that we can become treasure hunters. And so some people leaned into 2020 like you and like I tried to do, and they found the gift within it. And there's new rhythms and routines that we found. And yet some others haven't, you know, 2020 did a number on us and we're coming out of 2020 going, dear Lord, help me get through this. Can, I, can we just bring 2021 already? And if we don't lean into you know, and, and be treasure hunters and look for the gift within this year and learn from it, then we're going to be back. It doesn't matter what 2021 brings. We're going to be right back to where we started. So I think if we can learn better rhythms and routines, 2020 just exposed the crack in our foundation. It did in mine, right? That's what I mean by the magnifying glass. So I realized I need a better morning routine. I need to start my morning off on my knees. I do it every morning. I roll out of bed and I roll onto my knees. My time of silence with the Lord is saying, God, make me more like you. Help me to show up better today than I did yesterday. Um, Lord, I, I want to be a humble leader. I want to be a life-giving leader. That's, and and it, it starts from there, right? And I went through all the, the what that looks like in my morning, but then Sabbathing. 
um, 52 weeks out of the 52 times a year, I am taking, I'm taking a break from my device. I'm not shopping or consuming. Um, I'm not texting. I'm not doing to-do lists. I'm just being, and I'm delighting in God and I'm worshiping him and reconnecting with him. And I'm reading, you know, fiction and, and letting my mind get lost. And I'm spending more time with my family. Just think about that. Like if we all did that, like, if we started our first hour of our day with that rhythm and we Sabbath 52 weeks of the year, that's going to, I'm sorry. I don't know how you could argue that that's not going to help you with your anxiety and your depression. It just is. And I wonder if the reason why we are the most anxious and depressed generation, why we are the most stressed generation. I wonder if the reason why we turn to pornography on our devices is because we haven't learned how to do those things. And when we learn how to do those things, then th that's the whole reason why God, he knew that we were going to need it. Maybe even more than the people of Israel needing it. It was for the generation that would live in 2020. We would need it even more desperately uh, as a generation and, and as a culture. So I would just say that's my greatest advice is um, for, for what you're going through. And guess what, Josh? You can still make this a part of your life. It's not too late. Um, this is something that you could begin to implement in baby steps. At the very least, just take the first step and try a four-hour period of a Sabbath or experiment around with it a little bit or, or start a morning routine or read a book like The Miracle Morning and make that a part of, of your learning and growing. So, Yeah, that is so good. It's like that, that keystone habit. You change one thing and then that thing changes everything. And I, I can't imagine, I don't, I don't know how I would feel or who I would be, or if I'd even be doing this podcast right now, if it wasn't for the morning routine um, and the daily Bible reading that got me through 2020. And uh, um, I like doing, I like reading the Bible and then journaling. That way I can kind of like get God's thoughts into my journaling rather than whatever I'm thinking of. I notice if I just start saying whatever's in my head, I'm just going to kind of go in circles. But if I can get mm -hmm. some good, good Bible in there, especially I just go to Proverbs um, almost anything you're reading there is definitely applicable to <laughs> any moment in time. And I just absolutely weave that into my day. And you mentioned earlier, visualizing too. It's so good visualizing, you know, myself, how am I going to apply this idea today? Um, mm -hmm. just so good, man. Well, John, you've been such a blessing to, um, to us on this podcast and to your community. You continue to inspire us. So I just, I just hope you can come back and talk with us again soon. I would love that. Anytime I get to hang out with you is a good day. So appreciate you inviting me to be a part. The Israel Collective is an initiative of Christians United for Israel. To learn more about us, head to israelcollective.org, follow our Instagram, and if you want to get active and get involved, check out Christians United for Israel at cufi.org. They've got amazing educational resources, daily updates and emails. They produce an awesome show called The Watchman, hosted by Eric Stackelbeck, and just a ton of ways to learn, take action, make friends, and make a difference. There's a place for everyone at Kufi, so head on over. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that, and we'll see you next time.